This is the Souls of San Francisco podcast by Souls of Society. I'm Dijon, founder of Souls of Society. Each week, we connect with a member of our community to hear their story and get to know them better so we can strengthen our community bonds. All right, so today I'm here with Kieran Roop, Carolina. Yes. And we connected through our mutual friend, Seva Simran Singh, mm-hmm. who I took a Kundalini yoga class from and got to know him and he offered me some esoteric spiritual acupuncture. So I went to the Kundalini house, which is in the Hate, yeah, sure. yeah. the ashram, and <coughs> she was there and she had a bright spirit and she was very smiley. <laughs> um, so we became friends and we hung out and... The first time I talked to her, I realized she was a really interesting person with a lot of things to say, so I felt like she would be a good person to have a podcast with. So mm-hmm. thanks for being here. Of course, thank you. <laughs> so you were just explaining your name. Would you mind explaining that again? Sure. So Kittenrup is Kittenrup Car or Kittenrup is a name given from the I would say Kundalini Yoga tradition, it's a spiritual name you requested to the Kundalini Yoga organization. And it's a name that's channeled by a lady that Yogi Bhajan left. Yogi Bhajan is the master that brought Kundalini Yoga to the West. So he left this lady that channels the name to you. And I, in my psychic meditations, I realized that she also channels it according to her numerology. Because I am a numerologist too, so I could tell when I received the name and I read the meaning. Mm-hmm. And I meditated on the meaning that it was done according to numerology too. That's what I felt. And which is the same. Numerology is just the code of who you are. So and so that name is given to you. And the more you use it, the more you explore the sound current of that name. So in the sound current it's like a it's basically the vibration of who you are, the vibration of your essence. So I started exploring that the more and the more that I use that name and they suggest this, that scope of consciousness starts to unfold and open and you get to experience yourself from a different place. Like It's like very from wholeness, from a sense of wholeness. And I received this name almost six years ago, I would say. Yeah, six years ago. But I've been using it more, more and more and more lately in the last two years, I would say. And um, so for women, I was telling you before that women receive, they have like a second part of the name, so women receive Kaur, which means Princess Lioness, and Thing for men means uh, Lion of God. So Lion of God and Princess Lioness of God is just like the second part of the name. And then the first part is just the meaning of your name, specifically. So Kinnerup Kaur <laughs> means the whole meaning of it is Princess Lioness of God whose energy and radiance embody the light of God. So, and it, it also comes with a, like, a, a extended explanation of what it means. And I remember the first time when I received the name, I looked at it and I felt like something exploded in my heart and I just cried for an hour, like looking at this name and hearing it and it was like um <laughs> like I, I get emotional still like it was like remembering myself it was like being born again <laughs> and you know for many people they have different meanings it's just for me it's very special for me to use it and to have it and it just represents like uh, making amends with myself and like acknowledging who I am. And it has to do with 
how I have experienced my own story and everything that I went through, my whole journey in this life, you know, uh, feeling lost and finding myself through different things. And so this name just represents like a, like a, it was like a key to, to like come back home. It felt like home, that name. So that's the meaning of it. It's <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> Dijon is a name that I gave myself. Mm-hmm. And it also is mostly about the vibration of it. I just recognized the tone as something that made me feel good and it felt like yeah. the vibration I wanted to emit and it was one that moves from your throat deeper into your body, like towards your heart. So I felt like I wanted to embody that energy of moving mm-hmm. towards the heart space. And it's a nice reflection to hear somebody that kind of has the same mm. experience. And you were saying that, you know, it allowed you to reflect on your journey. And I feel like it's always interesting for people to tell their life story. Yeah. So it can be as long or as short as you want, but I would love to hear your life story. My journey? Yeah. My journey. Yeah, sure. So let me see. So I'll tell you from the from the consciousness from where I'm at right now to the back and I feel like uh, you know they in the yogic tradition they say or in many other traditions too and this is something that I also felt uh, before that you choose your parents you choose your family but specifically your parents you choose them and your soul makes a choice like before we incarnate where our soul is traveling through many planets and every planet has a consciousness and like a realm of consciousness and of meaning and of it's like an energetic matrix of consciousness that is constantly constantly like threading so your soul makes choices according to what it has gone through all lifetimes so you go through this like journey of consciousness through the planets this is what actually is like mapping your astrology chart in the moment that you're going to be born it's just the same astrology is just a name for this experience and uh, you go through that journey and in that journey you also uh, connect to other souls and everything it's very simultaneous and multi-dimensional so you're connecting to other souls that you've related through other lifetimes and many, many perhaps like many things that you have still to work through this lifetime so the soul chooses um, the parents and the latitude and longitude of the earth that it's going to be born in according to exactly what you need and everything that you choose through your life and your parents and the environment that you grow in in the beginning is represents like a diamond but like a diamond in the state of a carbon so you choose exactly what needs to polish that carbon to become a diamond so the most difficult, challenging situations that we are born in are exactly what we chose to uh, polish our diamond and to facilitate our soul's growth. Because the only purpose in life is, in, in this lifetime, in this earth, is to experience yourself. That's like the highest, uttermost purpose of everyone. Within that purpose, we may have specific lessons. So we use uh, tools like self-discovery tools like karankriya uh, or spiritual numerology to, or astrology to like uncode and decipher 
what are your specific lessons in this life that have, have to do with your patterns, with your emotional world, like the evolution of who you are as an individual soul. And so, so in the general picture, you, you, you pick everything and you were born exactly in the place and time and surrounded by the people that you need and the situations and circumstances so that your soul can evolve. So it's also like, it's both like a, a update of what you've lived until now, you know, your karma, which means just the return or the consequences of your previous actions. That's just what it means, like a boomerang. And also what's to come, like your destiny. What's your highest, highest fulfillment in this life? So acknowledging this from my through my journey and the spiritual teachings that I am so grateful for just helped me realize that I am so grateful for everything that I've lived until now. So, so grateful. And <clears throat> even like if before and for a long, long time, it felt so difficult and so, so challenging, especially the first, I would say, 18 years of my life. 14, 18 years of my life, uh, I had a hard time feeling incarnated. And I grew up in a family, a very kind of, yeah, I would say traditional, pretty traditional family. And my dad's an engineer, my two brothers became engineers too. My mom is not an engineer, but she's, she describes herself as very rational, very cold and rational and like practical pragmatic, grounded person. And so I just came into this family and it was like this ball of energy. <laughs> like from the moment that I was born, like my mom was walking, running to the hospital and she said like, she screamed and said like, she's coming, she's coming. And the doctor was like, no, no, you got like 12 hours. And she's like, no, she's coming now. And I just started being born like while she walked mm -hmm. in the <laughs> it was like I just came in the world like boom and that's like me my energy like that's so funny when I hear that story because that's how I feel I have like this innate intensity that yes I'm here right now but coming like from a ball of energy and and when I was little um, my parents didn't know what to do with me. They called me like little earthquake because I was like jumping and moving around and I had like this intensity and this like way of being that they, they, they didn't know how to, you know, contain that energy. So it was pretty challenging <laughs> for me uh, because I, I kind of looked for a little bit of emotional container and didn't find it quite well you know mm -hmm. and that has to do with my story and what I had to develop for myself mm -hmm. over time so when I was growing up I had all these kind of different like spiritual I would say experiences like you know being super sensitive to energies or seeing energies or you know seeing aura or other beings in other dimensions and uh, paranormal experiences kind of like that and I would like go tell my parents and they would just go crazy about it it was totally unconceivable like they didn't know what to do they were just like don't don't do this anymore don't think that about this anymore and it was like just happening to me so from a very very young age I realized and I knew that my spiritual journey or my life journey uh, was going to be kind of lonely in that way. You know, I knew that I had to find out this for myself. Mm -hmm. Because my, my closest surrounding, my family, were not, we didn't even have the same language for this. So, since very, very little. I remember that and um, I remember being connected like being super super 
spiritual. I remember I was like nine or ten, and I would be like walking in <coughs> in my garden, in my house, and like walking around, touching the plants, and crying, and talking to God, and saying like, "Why am I here? What am I doing in this place? Like, what is this body?" And I remember perfectly, like it was yesterday. I was like nine or ten, and I would just be asking like. Please, someone, like, my kindred souls, can anyone come here and, you know, give me a hand? Because this is too hard. I can do this. <laughs> like, I felt super um, alien in some way. Mm-hmm. So, this is super, super intimate, what I'm telling you. Like, of course, my, my, my family didn't even know this. Like, I don't even know if they do now, because it's very personal experience. Um, but so from a young age I had to open my path and then I went to this like very traditional and difficult school like very um, authoritative and a little elitist American school back in Chile and I had a really hard time because I'm super super sensitive and I'm like super super creative and energetic, energetic so I was like all over the place and I just couldn't do, like, you know, authority and being strict and not being true and authentic. I just couldn't deal with it. So I, after a struggle, I kind of shut myself down and I came into this, like, very, like, subtle depressive state. Like, of okay, this is hopeless, you know, I'll just navigate this portion of my life for a while. And I was, like, super insecure and... And like um, super sensitive, and I always had like my internal spiritual world, and I like wrote poetry and did art, like to channel my energy and my issues and everything that was going on. But it was really hard, like in the practical day life, it was super hard. Mm-hmm. And the relationship with my parents was hard, especially with my dad. He's very controlling and he 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 loves me with all his soul but he just can't express it in the ways that I do mm-hmm. and he he wants to make decisions for me and that's just a spiritual lesson that we have together <laughs> so when I start went into university I studied I went into psychology I was wandering around like figuring out what to do at the beginning but then I came there and it was like a total revelation it was like exactly where I had to be and it was like a it was my spiritual reawakening that came very tied with psychedelic experiences too it came very tied to that in that moment Mm -hmm. it was like everything opened up Mm. and I started recognizing everything again so it was like the journey was not in automatic pilot anymore. It was like back to conscious pilot. <laughs> so that was like a big boom. And that was when I was 21. And and so all these, you know, things started unfolding after that. You know, funny, interesting things. Like, you know, all this stream of consciousness just opened. And I, I received a tarot. Or I bought it or I got it from a friend, I don't remember. And I opened it and I just realized realized that I knew how to do it. And I've never studied that before. I've like not nothing, nothing at all. I just knew how to read it. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's when I realized too, like, whoa, this is like like having my life previous lifetimes was something was a certainty. You know, it's so so funny when people tell me like, yeah, but I don't believe in past lifetimes or I don't believe in auras and I don't believe. And I'm like, I don't believe it either. For me, it's just an experience. It's, it is what it is. It's not a belief, you know. It's something that happened to me and everything that happens to each person is their personal journey and what they're going to see about the world because we see things how we are not how they are, mm-hmm. you know? So that's when it kind of restarted and 
many, many creative experiences came with that and self-exploration, but that was a re-encountering with myself a little bit, like making, finding myself again, like starting the journey back to myself again. And after that, um, yeah, so I started doing healing and, you know, my way of psychology. I never liked like traditional psychology and because it's out of my nature. Mm -hmm. I just can't do like the mental, purely material aspect of it because it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. So the whole time that even I had my private practice, I was like, struggling you know I had like supervisions and stuff and I was like all the time struggling because I wanted to comply to the accepted way of doing things like a part of me wanted to fit in and do what I thought I was supposed to be doing because I, I still was like curing my insecurities and at the same time I was like realizing that I had just a different way of doing these things and my own way of, you know, um, a person was sitting there and I could see, you know, their energies or feel them or see what they're going through. And, you know, I, just the psychological tools and assessments and those kind of things were just didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. So I just developed my own way of doing that. And through the last four years that I was practicing finally like at the end I came to an acceptance of myself and I said you know what? okay I'm just gonna grab all the tools that I've used and studied because I, I I really love studying too it's just that every you have your own way of putting the pieces together in your personal puzzle mm -hmm. so I decided that I was gonna do it my way after many 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 years <laughs> you know, wandering around and building my own confidence. And then, well, then some important, interesting things happened just before I came here. But that's another story. <laughs> we can <laughs> go on that, and that part. Okay. So I was um, a year and a half ago. I was, you know, back in Chile doing my this life and... I was engaged and I was going to get married to this amazing man, which I honor and respect a lot today too, still. And even though we had this incredibly amazing spiritual connection, uh, we, we had a hard time uh, cleaning our karma. It was a very intense and difficult and challenging relationship. We grew so, so much. But at one point, I felt that um, my path was different, and I, I needed, I had like an internal revelation that I, I was in debt with myself, that I was like, I've been for so many years giving to everyone else and just fulfilling everyone else's expectations, and because I have a loving heart and I just wanted to, but I was kind of avoiding my, my own heart and my own self because of fear, basically. So I had this revelation moment, and I asked myself, like, I was in the beach that weekend, and I saw myself, and I saw my fear, like my biggest, biggest, most terrible fear, and which was like being alone, being completely on my own, completely... Um, emotionally independent and sustainable and away from everything that I know like I just like going away from everything that from my roots mm -hmm. basically and following my dreams like that that inter internal like desire and drive and all these things that I close my eyes and I fantasize about but I always like said oh probably this is not gonna happen like yeah, I don't think, see this happening. And it was like, okay, I need to go there. So I asked myself, what's my biggest fear? I'm going to do that. And a month after the uh, hard breakup, and I had this, this spiritual calling that I had to come to San Francisco. And it was so, so interesting because I didn't know anyone here. 
or knew nothing about it or had no sense of relate relatedness to it at all. Mm -hmm. And I just felt it, like, I need to go there, I need to go there. And it was, like, so urgent. Like, I just couldn't sleep. I woke up and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it, it, it was there, you know. And it was totally aligned with facing my fears and just going away and going for it. And basically, I had this feeling that I needed to keep doing what I was doing, which is, you know, healings and, and group transformative experiences and sessions, you know, like healing individual and group healing, basically, but based on transformation, but in a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So I made the quantum leap of faith and came here. So that's how I came here. <laughs> and how long have you been in San Francisco? It's been a year and and two months. And that intense calling to come here, do you feel like you have clarity on if it was the right decision or are the things happening the way you expected or did you expect anything? Absolutely it was the right decision. I don't regret anything at all. Even even in spite of it being super difficult and challenging, uh, it's to it feels totally right. It feels super right. Of course, things have, haven't been as I expected, you know, but that's... What's challenging kind of, about it? Um, breaking up an engagement, starting from that, and figuring that my own path... I always knew since I was a little girl that I was going to live abroad. And I always felt it, but never had the courage to do it before. And I just saw myself traveling and being with different cultures and diving into different experiences and like exploring life and nourishing this creativity that I feel that I have. And so it was challenging to, to, to break that break that up and just come here with no sense of certainty at all and also I came into this because I needed this is a practical thing but uh, it's reality I went into this interesting program in California Institute of Integral Studies integrative health masters so that I could get my visa and the program hasn't been how I expected and that made me realize both two things. First of all, that where I come from, like in Chile, there's so many interesting, amazing things happening. Like people don't even know how valuable or invaluable it is. Like how the consciousness is growing there. It's amazing. And I, I realized that like by contrast, you know. And at the same time, I realized that, wow, I have so many internal resources. Like, I don't need to keep on looking for things. Like, I have everything I need inside of me. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge, huge, like, revelation. So, um, the rest, I didn't have any expectation at all. I just came here to see what was this calling about, and it's just unfolding. And I realized that it was just a way to to kick my butt, you know, and and take me into the stream of consciousness of the planet and, like, take me out of my comfort zone and say, okay, you got to do your work here. Like, you got to go places. you got to do things. you you got a, a job here to do. So that's what I've been deciphering lately. So it, I'm, I'm going to keep on moving. I love this area, but I know that this is not a permanent place because in my life right now, I need to explore. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I feel that way too. I definitely feel like I'm in a time of exploration. Exploration. Mm -hmm. And San Francisco is also a very transient place mm -hmm. anyways. I feel like it's a good like launching ground. There's a mm -hmm. lot of energy here and a lot of connections to be made and a lot of things to learn. 
and it's like you swirl up and then get shot out yeah. to, to where you're going to go. I like that image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like that. Do you feel like you can articulate <coughs> your purpose? Sure. Interesting question. I love all these questions. Um, so I would say, like I, I, I told you before, like the, um, the biggest purpose of everyone and of each soul is just to experience yourself, experience your soul. Like uh, decipher, decode your soul's journey. That's like the main experience, like the macrocosmic experience. And then going like specifically within me, um, it's about, it has to do with service, with healing and service. And I just know that I voluntarily came into this earth to help uh, awaken the consciousness and help to like with healing for this big transition that we're undergoing as humanity right now, mm-hmm. this radical, radical transformation of consciousness, of everything, mm-hmm. of every system. And um, um, a psychic friend once told me that um, souls that wish to incarnate in times of transition usually are souls that already have incarnated before in difficult transitional times of the planet. So we know how to bridge. If you and me are here right now and we're both connected to the transformation of and healing of humanity, we both know that we are being like, we can bridge the energies and we have the, the qualities to either destroy what's not working or and or create new ways of manifesting and living with ourselves and everyone. So it basically has to do with that. I feel like I'm just part of this interconnected web of so many souls that are here consciously healing the planet and working and serving, you know, uh, in through your own individual authentic expression of your soul. So this is a time to to just be the Aquarian age, which is the age of that we're into right now since 2012. You know, different cultures have described it like the man's from the man calendar, like the hobbies. There's been prophecies. Um, Yogi Bhajan, who who brought uh, Master of Kundalini Yoga, talked about the Aquarian age. There's so many. Like this is like a cross culture, cultural way of knowing what's happening but we are undergoing a big transformation like the energy in in the planet and in humanity right now is different and we can feel it everything is changing it's everything is always changing but this is particularly radical and it's like we're moving the, the foundations of everything of society so more than ever we need to be very courageous because it takes a lot of courage to go through the inertia of the cultural societal systems. There's always going to be two forces, you know, one that pushes towards like stagnation, like, no, I don't want to move, you know, traditional people that want to keep the structure. And that's fine because we need that structure too, you know. Humanity is innately diverse and multi-expressed but there's also this other current of movement uh, this other current of energy that's energy of movement and transformation and like destroying to rebuild again like um, like intensity mm-hmm. you know and there's of course a lot of nuances you know in between but Specifically, like, there's so many people now that are consciously working to transform, you know, our current lifestyles. So, 
that that would be my purpose like just consciously connect to all the people that are consciously working for humanity you know to he help heal humanity and at the same time by doing that or through doing what we love and who we are because this is Uh, the Aquarian age, which is an age of being. The Piscean age, the one that we're living, is an age of doing, of knowing. So knowledge gave you power. Knowledge and like uh, power was like the ultimate goal. You know, having to you know and you have power. And ego driven and hierarchies and and like machines and separation and the Aquarian age is about being, it's about cooperation, collaboration. It's like coming into a consciousness of interconnectedness again. And but specifically it's not knowledge what gives you power, it's experience what gives you empowerment. So it's not a power that you're going to use to um, step other people, like to Um, to be superior or inferior or to manipulate other people as we have been going through all these centuries it's going to be an empowerment an inner power where you're going to be the masters of, of yourself and you're going to use that empowerment like embodied empowerment to enhance the experience of your soul be the best of who you are and share with the rest of humanity in a sustainable way. So that's the same relationship that we're going to build with planet Earth that we're building already. It's not that we control nature, that nature is subordinated to humans, or that we are superior than nature and all the realm in nature or the Earth. It's that we are interdependent, interconnected with nature and we need each other and so this whole sustainable and recipro reciprocal you know way of relating is is revealing and we're remembering that sense of interconnectedness so part of my purpose and your purpose and many many people's purpose is to embody first embody that that's the most important Because this age, the Aquarian age, and these times are about integrity. Like the more integrity that you can have with yourself and you can embody that, not just only say, you know, this um, new agey talk about, you know, the chakras and the heart, and it can get very disconnected from, from practical, you know, reality and of who you are. And it can just become a discourse. That's what we call like the spiritual ego, you know, like, yes, I'm doing all these things to, to become spiritual. You're already spiritual. You don't need all these things. This is just a, these are just tools and games that you use. You know, uh, any person, everyone is spiritual because everyone has a soul and everyone is experiencing humanity. So it's about the integrity that you have as a person. That's what's going to be tested and we're going to be tested all the time, like, how true and honest and in integral you are with who you are, how much do you embody what you preach, and that's it. It's like about embodiment. It's about radiating and expanding who you are, and by doing that, you're serving the planet, and you're creating a conscious relationship with everything that's around you, with everything. So that, I feel, is like the... Our purpose right now. I purpose our purpose. <laughs> Which a, is so beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a great explanation. It resonates with me. Yeah, yeah. How does it resonate with you? Well. Tell me about your purpose. I've been learning more about Dolores Cannon. Do you know Dolores Cannon? No. Well, first of all, 
I really enjoy receiving information firsthand. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone has a truth barometer inside of them. Mm-hmm. And either something like the vibration that you're emitting when you are speaking either makes that barometer vibrate mm-hmm. or it doesn't. Yeah. And I like to in person receive those vibrations and decide for myself what is true. In general, I have a hard time with like quote unquote teachers uh-huh. that people want to go to or whatever because unless it's organic to me, like finding them, right? Like, okay. like I happen to go to a yoga class and meet Seva Simran Singh mm-hmm. and I had a personal experience with him mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I want to go deeper into this experience and then that's why I took the acupuncture from him. And then I met you, mm-hmm. but it's all based on my like one-to-one exactly. knowledge. So that's how I've been learning about pretty much everything along this journey. And there was this guy that I took a picture of in Hayes Valley. His name is Matthew. And I started talking to him and he was telling me about things he had been reading. And he said he had been reading about Dolores Cannon and how she has this theory of the three waves of volunteers that came to the earth at this time. Oh, Have you heard okay. of this? Yes. Right. So he actually told me that. Uh-huh. I mean, it was over a year ago when I took that picture, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like 18 months ago. Um, so I peripherally understood it or superficially understood it based on his explanation. Uh-huh. But just recently I started watching, you know, YouTube videos of her speaking and, uh-huh. Got a little bit more in-depth into it, but the general um, explanation is that, you know, we are seated here by extraterrestrials and beings beyond this consciousness, and they've been allowing humans to evolve kind of uninterrupted on Earth. Oh, yeah. And they have a policy of non-interference. Yeah. (laughs) Although there have been beings that have come and incarnated as human that have come to teach people certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and those were the Buddhists and the Jesuses of the mm-hmm. world. And, the, you know, the great masters that come from other places. And they're like, this is how you fully activate your human consciousness and yeah. expand the love that's inside of you. Um, but there was a need for an accelerated awakening because... Humanity had gotten to the point where its technological abilities were far outstripping its emotional intelligence. And that's exemplified by the dropping of the atomic bomb Mm -hmm. by the United States on Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. So at that point, these beings that had been observing the Earth were like, all right, we we need to do something. (laughs) Um, So... Like you said, there were several waves or three waves of conscious volunteers that came to be and emit a higher frequency into the earth so that these old structures would be disassembled and new ones would be made because the, the beings that emitted these higher frequencies, like those old structures don't feel right. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that wouldn't be being in integrity with who they are. So... The first wave um, was the generation that were the hippies and the civil rights mm-hmm. people, yeah. and they just started like shaking up culture, mm-hmm. and they had the hardest time because they were like truly counterculture. You know, they were like rejecting everything exactly. that yeah. came before them. And then the second wave was the one that you and I were born into, yeah, and. Primarily, we help through being. Mm -hmm. And supposedly members of the second wave can just influence people just by being around them. Like, it just feels good. Mm -hmm. Which has been my experience Mm -hmm. in my life. And I didn't understand it when I was younger. When people would, like, I would give them a hug. And they would say, like, like, thank you in a kind of a reverent way. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'd be like, that's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But... Now, after doing this project for so long and having that experience be, like, replicated so much and see that people are, you know, like, reverent when I'm interacting with them, 
I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm one of these beings, and I feel like you have a similarly mm-hmm. you know, kind of like radiant presence. It's uplifting. Mm-hmm. And then the third wave is the 12 year olds or like 10 year olds who can like, who are just like blasted open, you know, very connected. And it's like, like I posted one on Facebook the other day, like nine year old girl reads with blindfold using her third eye, you know, <laughs> or like 12 year old creates water purification system yeah. with like this thing, you know, and they're just like, whereas you and I mm-hmm. went through a period of kind of self doubt or like, yeah, conforming mm-hmm. and then we reawoke to mm-hmm. our nature these kids never never doubted they never doubted yeah they were always like you know like why are you eating meat you know yeah like why do you kill animals you know yeah. we should be doing this we should be doing that yeah um so our theory is that they're already here right mm-hmm. they're already all here yeah. And critical mass has already been reached. The critical mass, yeah. And things are already shifting. Mm-hmm. You know, they've already started shifting a lot. And it takes a while for these old systems to die. Yeah. Um, but we're already in that process. And, you know, that's... I feel like I'm part of the creation of, like, new systems and ways of being. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I have countless dreams of creative endeavors I want to launch in my lifetime but souls is one of them and it's you know the one i'm working on right now mm-hmm. and the idea is that it's a new form of media and it's mm. based on like present authentic yeah. connections and it's not based on sensationalist exactly fear inducing news cycles and I remember I tried reading the paper when I was younger and I feel like it's the experience for most people that you feel depressed when you read the paper because it focuses on the conflicts of the world and the things that are divisive. Whereas this is all about like getting to know people and what can you learn through getting to know them. And I feel like you show that there's these universal truths that you access through communication and through being vulnerable and that's actually empowering. And ultimately, it's like you were saying, like the point is energetically, what are you doing to people when they interact with your energy transmission? Mm-hmm. Like you want to be empowering them mm-hmm. so that they are the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they're the best versions of themselves, then they're going out to the world and amplifying that energy exactly. by turning other people on. Yeah. And it's like yeah. dominoes. And, and everyone is working as a unit, as a team, just to inspire and uplift each other. And I feel like we're in a transition now where, you know, I, the vision, my vision for this is like I see way into the future. And I'm like, this is the future of like media. Yeah. Because it's not one source telling you what's going on. It's like... I'm going to create a training course for it. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, everyone will have access to be able to tell stories if they want, Mm -hmm. right? Anyone who wants to tell a story about someone else that they want to get to know or want to learn from or want to connect with Mm -hmm. will be able to tell stories Mm -hmm. this way and, like, share that information. And it will be accessible to everyone. And I just feel like you've learned so much from deeply listening, Mm -hmm. you know, and really being connected to the present. Mm -hmm. And even the way we fund it, you know, it's like I don't want it to be funded by advertisements or corporate sponsors, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm going to have a donation and subscription tab on my website because I want people to actively choose to put their energy towards it, you mm-hmm. know? Like, here's a dollar, right? Like, it's not you go for free and then you're bombarded with things that you're not interested in seeing, Right? Like, that's the current model, which is, like, you have ads, and then you pay if you don't want to see the ads. Mm-hmm. Like, mine will never have ads, mm-hmm. and it'll just be free, yeah. but it's, like, only taking and not giving is not a good feeling, I feel exactly. like. And not everyone is in a position to give, 
I understand that, and that's why it's it's free. But if you are in a position to give, it's like you have to put energy towards the things that you want to grow, and it's a collective process. And if everyone puts a little bit of energy, then no yeah. one has to put that much. Yeah. So it's just a new model for doing things. And in the meantime, it's just like I know that I am living out my purpose, and I know there'll be other manifestations of it, but I'm supported. Exactly. And so I can rest easy with that and know that the universe is always going to give me what I need. Uh-huh. And I recognize that, you know, I've been doing this for four years, that I didn't achieve more success or more financial wealth before this time because it's like I wouldn't have been ready for it. Yeah. You know, my, <laughs> my direction and my integrity was not refined enough uh-huh. to mm-hmm. handle that much voltage. Yeah. Exactly. And now that my soul mm. is being refined and the diamond is coming out, mm-hmm. it's like the amplification is going up. Exactly. Yeah. And lately in the past month or so, you know, there have been a lot of situations that have been challenging mm-hmm. to me and like trying my patience. And I'm like, why are these things so difficult when I feel like I'm on a daily basis, like doing my best to contribute, mm-hmm. like doing the work that I came here to do? Uh-huh. But then I realized they're just kind of opportunities for me to expand my capacity Yes. for trying situations and be flexible in my mindset that I can easily slide into perspectives that suit the situation. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's what I feel like consciousness is, is. It's a perspective. Like, your consciousness is your perspective. Yeah. So... And it's choice too. Right, you could choose it. Every choice. You could be fluid with it, you know. And it was helping me to break some rigidity and calcification. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's flow. It's like just being in flow. And I recognize all these things that are going on in my life, how they play into that, right? Like. I've been dating someone for about six months or so. Mm-hmm. And like one source of like disconnect in our relationship is that like I'm looking to go take classes and do like those partner type activities, like go mm-hmm. dancing or go to acro yoga class. Mm-hmm. And she's more like, I'll decide what I want to do on the day of, right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know, like, do you want to go to this dance class on Tuesday or not, right? Um, and then someone else asked me to go dancing and I was just like at first I I didn't say yes right away and then I thought about it and I was like oh of course right the universe is offering what I asked for you know I don't have to be attached from it coming from this place right so just like remember to engage with the energy and not necessarily the manifestation you know Uh and say okay I can I can learn this way and it was great because when I was in the dancing class, it was fun to learn how to dance and to practice being more embodied. But the things I was learning were very applicable to the stage I am in my life. And uh-huh, uh-huh. I was learning salsa and it was about um, leading. And they were like, you're leading, so you're always <laughs> providing the, the energy for your follower, but uh-huh. you're also always responding to the music right so you're leading but you're still following something right which is yeah to me it's like and you have to be receptive exactly what you're leading when you're leading if you're not receptive of to what you are leading then you're just going your own way you're not leading totally so it was about leading in a very relaxed way right like where they were telling me to hold my hands right like um, you hold your hands like loose and you allow for space and you don't pull your arms because then you're pulling someone off balance, right? Like mm-hmm. you use your back so that it's like uh-huh. fluid when you're swaying from side to side. And I don't know, it was just, you know, it was, it was many levels were being communicated and I could understand that. I was like, okay, I hear you, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just a focus to 
stay present, you know, don't get locked into like, I want my life to be this way or like, I want to experience this thing with this person, you know, just like take what comes and interact with it as is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of the flow and of learning, you know, all the little things that happen like in this minuscule situations are just like a metaphor of bigger stuff that's going on. Fractal. Yeah. Fractal. Mm-hmm. Everything is a fractal. Yeah. I think it's just whether or not you're paying attention. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And now I do remember the waves now that you explained, like you told me about them. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting to remember that like you explained them like as waves and the meaning that they have. And you know, I feel so I get so excited and moved by being human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel that it's such a gift to be here, like, and in this moment. Sometimes I just, you know, I'm like in my room, like journaling and like listening to music or whatever, and I just cry, you know, but out of like, I can't even explain that this feeling, it's like um like a shot of energy and it's like being super super joyful and grateful to the point that I'm crying because it's just like just joy coming in and out or I'm walking you know to the difficult street and it's like you know I, I see my feet and I'm like wow I'm here in this earth it's so cool to be here you know and time You know, we have a sense of time here. This is so interesting. <laughs> wow, there's so many things that we can do here. Like, And it's about choice. Like, it's always about choice. Mm-hmm. And that, ha- that has been, like, the biggest, you know, revelation that I've been having lately. It's about choice of everything. Like, something is happening. All these things are happening, you know, to you that are being challenging. and Or these situations like from your girlfriend or family or whatever, you know, something happens and the moment that that happens, you have a choice. Yeah, don't be a victim. You're either like an automatic pilot response or you choose. Totally. And you step back. And that just feels so empowering. It does. And you're choosing your own adventure, you know. Yeah. These choices give you opportunities to either move closer to your integrity or further away from it. Exactly. And you you use the word integrity again and I just love it because it's like for me it reminds me of of like your it's like a code for me or a mantra or whatever. It's like some a reminder. So this friend last night asked me, she was having an issue with a friend and some people. She was asking me for this advice and and she told me like what should I do and I was like like you know I like I shared with you I I shared with her um, when these challenging situations happen I like to ask myself like what is my place of highest integrity how can I deal with this situation like From a bus driver yelling at me to having conflicts with my parents to going, you know, out to the external world, whatever. You know, what is my highest integrity? So I just close my eyes and I just envision myself like as my highest spiritual teacher, as myself, like projected like 500 times from now. Mm-hmm. What would be the highest, highest version of myself? How can I act from my highest integrity and like embody that integrity. Mm-hmm. How can I do that? That's what I asked myself. So I just told her that, you know, and I just like thinking about that because everyone's place of integrity is in a very unique spot mm-hmm. and their manifestation is also very authentic and very unique. Mm-hmm. But there's like a subtle thread that connects all of these 
where you can know when a person is being true, transparent, sincere, you know, and open-hearted and humble and trusted. So I love that word, embodying our integrity. (laughs) Well, that's great advice and perspective, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate all that you shared in general. And believe it or not, it's been an hour. Wow. So (laughs) I know that you have an appointment to get to, and I'm watching Uh the time. Uh So it was great to talk to you, and I feel like we have many more things to talk about. So um, maybe we'll do a part two sometime. Yeah. This was a good start. Uh, So I feel very grateful to have known you. I'm very, very grateful. And I feel honored to be in your presence, too. And when I, like, the way I resonate with you is when I'm with you, when I see you, I see and I feel, like, colors. And it just mirrors all the colors that I have, too. And it just, like, it's such an inspiration. Like, I see you, and when you say Dijon, it's just like, I just feel colors. Like a radiance of multiple colors, different colors, like you represent an integration of colors. So thank you for having me here as a color of your life. (laughs) Uh, Makes me feel really good to hear. You also are sitting in front of the window, so there's been this halo around your head the whole time. (laughs) It seems very fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We'll have to go outside and see if I can capture it in a photograph for everyone. Okay, wonderful. All right. Is that long?